Finsider Radio, part of TheFinsider.com and the SB Nation Network. And now your co-host, MC Money, serving the creepy soccer dad, and Houts, MD. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Finsider Radio. This is Matt Pat. I'm joined by Aaron Josh is off tonight celebrating his daughter's birthday. And in this special episode of Finsider Radio, we will be joined by Michael Nania, the writer from the Gang Green Nation, part of the SB Nation Network. And Mike is going to talk to us about the Jets and give us the insights on them as we head into Sunday's matchup at Hard Rock Stadium, the Miami Dolphins 4-4, four and four, hosting the 3-5 and five New York Jets. Jets starting off up and down with the season, losing the last two, their most recent loss to the Chicago Bears, 24-10. to 10. Sam Darnold up and down, Jets offense up and down, Jets defense up and down. We're not quite sure who we're going to see on Sunday when the Jets roll into Hard Rock Stadium. Michael, thank you for joining us here on Finsider Radio. Thanks a lot for having me on. Looking forward to this big division game this week. Playoff hopes on the line for both teams. It should be fun. All right, Mike, let's get straight to it here with Sam Darnold. He is one of the most polarizing rookies in the NFL, obviously, because he is a quarterback and he was drafted so high. But when you look at the other quarterbacks drafted ahead of him and after him, you look at Baker Mayfield. Then you look at Josh Rosen, you look at Josh Allen, and it seems like Sam Darnold has shown the most promise of all of them. We've also seen some moments from Sam Darnold that reminds us that he is just a rookie in the NFL. We don't know what Sam Darnold we're going to get on Sunday when he rolls into Hard Rock Stadium, but you having seen him now, through various games throughout the season, halfway through this NFL season. What can you tell us about Sam Darnold, and what can we expect on Sunday? Yeah, I think in terms of the production that you'll get from him, that's going to be really highly dependent on the supporting cast because this is a Jets team that at this point of the year and coming into this Miami game is extremely banged up on the offensive side of the ball. Pretty much their entire receiving core has been out in the previous game against the Chicago. It was just a, an embarrassing performance in terms of what they got out of the receivers. They had no Quincy Noonwan, no Robbie Anderson. Terrell Pryor was cut. He's now with Buffalo uh, due to an injury. So they cut ties with him. Uh, Jermaine Curse has been, looks like he's been playing hurt. He's clearly not the same player he was last year. So the Jets are really depleted at wide receiver. And there was nothing open for Darnold last week. So on the stat sheet, look at what he did last week. He only passed for, I believe, 116 yards. So, and the Jets scored 10 points. So it looks awful when you look at it in that way, but Darnold's performance last week was actually pretty decent. All things considered, he threw the ball accurately. He made plays when there was nothing else there. And at the end of the day, he only, he didn't turn the ball over and he only took one sack. So in situations like last week against Chicago playing on the road against a good defense with no help, So often you see rookies just completely implode in situations like that and throw one pick, throw another pick, and just completely have a terrible game and throw the team's chances away early. But Sam didn't do that, and the Jets stayed in the the game into the fourth quarter, even though it never really felt like they had a chance. Sam did keep them in it. So in terms of the production, it's going to be based on what happens with everyone else because he is a rookie and he's not to that point yet where he's going to lift everyone up. But at the same time, we have seen him do that at a few points this year, the Jets passing offenses had, they've more frequently been as good as we've seen this year than we've seen in previous years. They, they had the 48 point outburst against Detroit in the first game. They had in the back-to-back wins against Denver and the Colts. They can, they scored over 70 points combined in those two games. So 
the highs have been really high when everything's been clicking, when the run game's been good, when the receivers are healthy and contributing. The Jets have put out some really impressive high points this year offensively, but in their current state right now, it's going to be hard for Sam and the offense to get something going with the amount of injuries they have. We'll see if Robbie Anderson returns this week. That's a possibility. Quincy Nunwa as well might be back. So if those guys are back, then I think the Jets definitely have a chance to get back on track. But if not, the low points we've seen have been pretty hard to watch this year. Todd Bowles was a former member of the Miami Dolphins organization, kind of grew through us. And a, a faction of Dolphins fans wanted Todd Bowles to have a shot at the Dolphins job before he did. And, of course, he goes to you unbalanced people over there in New York. <laughs> and what, what would you characterize his current state with Jets fans? Is he in with you guys? Is he kind of on the outside looking in? Where does he stand with you all in terms of the direction of the team and his coaching ability? Yeah, that's not a hard question to answer at all right now. He is not a favorite of this fan base, not not one bit. I think you talk to just about any Jets fan right now, and they're hoping that Todd Bowles is not back next year. And there are even some fans who, even though this is a year led by a rookie quarterback, you want to see him win some games. There are fans who are skeptical of rooting for the team to win in fear of the Jets winning seven, eight games and the team bringing back Bowles just because of the progress. That's how on the downside he is with the fan base right now. And I think a lot of it is really deserved. The Jets, you look at what they've had over the last couple of years, 2016, they won five games. They gambled on Fitzpatrick. He had one of the worst quarterbacking seasons in recent memory. Okay, it was just one down year. And then last year, obviously, it was a rebuilding year. And they did exceed expectations a little bit. So, yeah, he got the short end of the stick the last couple of years. But the thing with him is that independent of the win-loss record, it's just his own performance that you want to see progression with. And you're just not seeing that. The Jets, still he's still making calls, punting the ball with a chance to win the game late in fourth quarters. He's done that multiple times in which the Jets are, still have a chance at a miracle comeback, a legitimate chance at you know getting two scores, and getting back to the game, and he'll pump, just punt the ball away to, you know, uh, avoid potential blowout score, just throwing away chances at winning the game. So decisions like that, uh, penalties can continue to be an issue, especially post-snap penalties, just taunting penalties, stuff like that. It's, those kind of discipline issues are not things you want to continuously see under one coach. And then on the defensive side of the ball, especially in the game against Jacksonville earlier earlier this year, Jets were just continuously, continuously beaten by the same plays from the same players over and over again. They never adjusted. And that's that word right there, adjustments, has been a big thing for Bulls. In-game, the Jets rarely adjust to what's going on. They rarely come out in the second half. After a first half in which they've been down, they rarely come out and adjust in the second half. And then playing on the road, too. The Jets just haven't been able to get it going on the road. Yeah, they had the win to open the season at Detroit, but since then, they lost to the Browns to give them their first win in almost two years. Uh, they had, like I mentioned, the outing in Jacksonville. That one was pretty embarrassing. And then this past week in Chicago, obviously, uh, never really had a chance in that one. So, yeah, on the road, the Jets have really struggled. And also the consistency. The Jets have had 12 losing streaks since Bulls took over. And that just shows you the inability they've had to build consistency with under his lead and those 12 losing streaks they've had of at least two games 
is the most in the league since he took over. So they haven't been able to build consistency uh, when on the road. It's just, and from his perspective, yet he's gotten some, the short end of the stick in terms of the talent on the roster, but from his own point of view, he's not really progressing either. So I think most fans would be, are looking for the teams to move on from him and go for an offensive minded head coach like the Eagles or not the Eagles, but like the bears did last year with Matt Nagy. And then the Rams with Sean McVay, those it's working out pretty well for those teams. So I think fans look at what they did with, for their young quarterbacks moving on to from defensive minded head coaches who were on mediocre fans, John Fox and Jeff Fisher and moving on to a younger offensive mind to, to supplement their young quarterback fans. Look at that. I think that's what fans are really hoping for this Jets team to do after this season. You mentioned the Bears, and I happen to watch the Jets-Bears game. And <clears throat> I agree with some of your earlier insight that there's there's simply no separation that you're getting from your wide receivers. So I was actually kind of impressed with Sam Darnold's ability to move around in the pocket and just buy some time. He had to throw it out of bounds several times so he didn't get killed by impending rush, but uh, looks like a stagnant offense, yet you're coming into a game where you're playing a Miami defense that has been lackluster to say the least. So if you're coming into Sunday, you're drawing up a game plan for the Jets, how are you going to attack us? Yeah, I think that obviously the help, like you mentioned, the receiving performance last week, it was abysmal. There was nobody open. They are playing with Andre Roberts, a return man running uh, consistent snaps, a seventh-round special team, special teamer in Sharon Peak, him playing consistent snaps, so the talent wasn't really there. So it'll depend on the health of Robbie Anderson and Quincy Numa, but even if they don't play, one guy who I really want to see more involved is rookie tight end Chris Herndon out of Miami. He actually has scored in the past three games, and he's the first Jets tight end to do that in quite a long time. This is a team that has had terrible production at that position, has really not had a legitimate weapon at tight end since Dustin Keller in the early 2010s, back in the Rex Ryan days. So Herndon's looking pretty good. He's a guy who has got a lot of playing time for his pass protection ability. He's really an asset there. And as a run blocker, he's flashed as well, but specifically in pass protection, he's been good. But anyway, for Herndon, he's starting to really flash as a receiver. He's gotten open in the red zone quite a bit. And he's not just getting lucky with his receptions or just finding soft spots in zones. He's beating man-to-man coverage. So I think Chris Herndon is a legit weapon that needs to be a more uh, more of a focal point in the offense, especially with the health of the wide receiver position until those guys come back. I'd like to see him more involved. And also a big key for the Jets is the run game. And the run game's also taken hit as Bilal Powell, he's out for the year. So with Isaiah Crowell and Trenton Cannon, a sixth-round rookie who doesn't really look ready yet, but they are getting Elijah McGuire back this week, who was a fifth-round pick last year, and he was pretty solid, especially as a receiver in 2017. So I think he adds another dimension. But I, I would want to see the Jets make sure to try and run, rely on the running game at least. Their O-line is not a good run-blocking unit. They're, that That's the weakness of that group, but – they definitely got to try rely on it because when they have been successful this year, the Detroit game, Denver game, the Colts game, they've been really, really good on the ground in those games. And Sam Darnold's been able to bounce off of that when he was at success at his most successful this year. So the Jets got to give that a try early on. And I'd also want to see them try to get a little more creative on offense because as 
untalented as they've been the past few weeks in terms of who, who they've had healthy, the creativity really just hasn't been there. It's just a simple run, run, pass kind of offense. It gets really predictable and it's boring to watch, but aside from the boredom, it just really hasn't been effective, especially when your O-line can't run block and create holes to let a boomer bust running back like Crowell create big plays. He's not a guy who's going to grind out yards. So I think the Jets really need to be more creative, maybe draw up some trick plays. And the Dolphins are a team that like to run a lot of those. So I think taking a page out of their book and maybe getting creative, maybe doing some wildcats, you know, just pulling out whatever they have at the bottom of their playbook to just try and get something going when they're not going to be able to rely on the receivers to get open. So, yeah, in terms of the offensive attack, I'd like to see Chris Herndon more involved. Uh, Elijah McGuire, he's returning. Uh, second year running back he's a pretty good receiver as well as out of the backfield so I'd like to see him involved as well and just the trick plays I'd like to see them get a little more creative and just see what they can do to get something going we're joined by Michael Nania writer at Gang Green Nation and Mike great analysis so far great answers we appreciate you going in depth with this preview of the Jets going back to the defensive side of the ball you mentioned Todd Bowles you mentioned the fact that maybe it's time for the Jets to turn the page and go to an offensive-minded coach. But let's stick with the defense for just a second. Miami Dolphins having Brock Osweiler coming in to play another game this coming Sunday. Lit up the Bears' defense, played very well, won the game. Played solid against the Lions, lost the game due to the defense, came back down to earth against the Texans. We think he's going to bounce back and play a solid game. What can we expect from the Jets' defense, pass rush, cornerbacks, Jamal Adams, linebacking crew. What can we expect from the Jets' defense to put up in terms of challenges and uh, different coverages and disguised coverages for Brock Osweiler, and how do you think Brock's going to do against them? I do think that one of the uh, advantages for the Jets, and from their point of view, playing against Osweiler, aside from the fact that obviously he is a downgrade from Tannehill, but one thing that Osweiler, you know he can't do is make plays with his legs. Rushing is not a big part of his game, and that's something the Jets have been really susceptible to this year. Obviously, in the first game, Ryan Tannehill had a huge game with his legs, made a couple of really big plays to extend drives in that one. And last week, Mitch Trubisky killed the Jets on the ground. So I think the Jets are pretty fortunate that they don't have to worry about that aspect from the opposing quarterback. So in terms of the overall defense, if we're talking about the pass rush, the thing about the Jets' pass rush is this is not a team that's going to beat you with their edge rushers. They're really weak talent-wise at those positions. That's a huge need that they're going to have to fill in the offseason. So they're going to rely on the blitz and their interior defensive linemen to create pressure. And they have some solid guys on the interior defensive line. Obviously, Leonard Williams, he's a headliner. And he's been a little bit cold over the past few weeks. But overall, you know what you're going to get from him. He's a solid player. He's as athletic and strong as they come up front. And he's going to make his share of plays, especially as a pass rusher, even if he's not going to rack up the sacks, he is going to draw a decent amount of double teams, a handful of those a game to open things up for his teammates. And he's pretty good at executing stunts and creating pressure up the middle. So Leonard Williams will be a factor there. Also, Henry Anderson is a guy who's been underrated this year. They picked him up in a trade from the Colts, gave up a seventh rounder for him actually, because he suffered a throat injury as a Colt, but he's pretty solid over there. And that's carried over now that he's been healthy for the Jets. And he's a guy who he's a he's light for his position. He's under, I believe, he's about 280 pounds playing defensive tackle. But he's a really athletic guy, and he knows how to penetrate the A gaps and B gaps and create pressure on his own, winning matchups 
against guards and centers. That's something he could do. So he's a factor as well. But like I said, the edge rush is not going to be a factor. The, the tackles are not going to be under pressure defending against the Jets edge rushers. They can't win uh, battles on the edge, create pressure, but they are going to blitz a lot. You'll see slot DBs coming in. Jamal Adams is going to be in the box a ton. He's a huge factor. And he, he, was a, he had a solid rookie season. He was good in run defense made some plays as a blitzer, but the coverage wasn't really there. But the big step he's taken this year is that the coverage has been there against tight ends. He's been much better uh, playing in zone. He's been improved. I think zone defense is still his biggest weakness, but he's been better there. And overall, he's just getting to the ball. At the point of attack is really where it's been. At the catch point is where his struggles were last year. There were times where he tripped at the top of routes. There were times where he gambled to make plays on the ball and ended up giving up a big play. But He's making a lot more plays on the ball, timing things better. He looks more balanced, more confident in coverage. And that's definitely given the Jets more confidence to move him around so much and rely on him to be effective no matter where he lines up. But where he's been most dominant is definitely in the box, making plays off the edge and run defense. As a pass rusher off the edge, you can see his speed. So he, Jamal Adams is going to be a huge factor everywhere. He's been, I definitely think, the best player on the team this year. Most people would agree with that just with his versatility and his consistency and ability to impact the game in so many different ways. And the thing that's really great about what Adams has done is that even when he's had a down game where you notice maybe he gets washed out on a big run, makes a mistake by on play action, even when he has a quote-unquote down game, he's still flashing with quite a few big plays per game. He's leading all safeties and run stops and run stuffs this year. So Adams is going to be a huge factor in, at the cornerback position, it's really interesting. Tremaine Johnson was obviously the big signing for the Jets in the offseason. They gave him the second biggest uh, contract at the position, but he was a disappointment when he played in the first quarter of the year, and he's missed the past few games, and I'm pretty sure he's not going to suit up this week. So Morris Claiborne has taken the spotlight. He's been the number one guy with Tremaine Allen. He's had a tremendous season, Claiborne. He's a classic bend, but, a bend but don't break kind of guy. He's not going to give you the go route. He'll give you stuff over the middle, but ton of great plays on the ball this year. He's got a couple of interceptions, and he's helped force another one. So Claiborne's been really good this year. The Vikings, actually a couple of games ago, didn't even bother to target him with Jermaine Johnson out. And the guy that we're targeting was Daryl Roberts, who's taken over a lot of the snaps with Johnson out. He's been the number two corner, and he had a really rough start to the year. But over the past two games, Roberts has been lights out. And like I said, in the Vikings game, that's a tough matchup. Kirk Cousins, he's been great this year. Adam Thielen, dominant. Stefan Diggs, great. And Roberts saw 16 targets in that game, and he only gave up three first downs. So that just shows you how good he responded, how well he responded to that matchup, seeing so many targets coming his way. Then against the Bears this past week, he was only targeted five times, gave up one first down. So the Jets have gotten pretty quality play out of Roberts with their big money guy out and Tremaine Johnson. So the corners have been playing pretty well for the Jets this season. In spite of Johnson's struggles when he was in there, the depth they got from Roberts and the really strong borderline elite kind of play from Morris Claiborne taking over the number one snaps was number two earlier in the year. Claiborne's been great, and he has benefited from a few mistakes in terms of quarterbacks missing throws. But overall, you have to be really happy with Claiborne's production. So, Coming into this game, the cornerbacks are really interesting because, like I said, overall they've been pretty good this year. But can how long can Claiborne keep this up? Because last year he did fall off 
after a solid first half, he was struggling the second half. So well, can Claiborne keep it up and can Daryl Roberts keep it up? Because like I said earlier, he struggled in the first portion of the year, but now getting extended snaps, he's been playing really well. So corners are going to be interesting to watch. Miami obviously has a pretty interesting, versatile receiver group that's made a lot of plays for them this year. Uh, a lot of different guys contributed in that first game against the Jets. I believe seven different receivers had at least 15 yards in that game. So a lot of guys contributed. Obviously, depth is not something the Jets have right now because they have injuries in the secondary as well. But it's going to be really interesting to see. I think the cornerbacks have been better than expected with Tremaine Johnson out. But one guy that I do think the Dolphins should look at attacking the Jets' defense is the slot corner, Buster Screen, who actually, in the first game, Albert Wilson toasted him pretty good for, I believe, about a 25 or so yard touchdown. But Screen's really been struggling. He's a vet starter who the Jets love to use on slot blitzes. He's got great speed. He can make plays on the ball. But fundamentally, in terms of as a cover guy, it's not really there. He's really susceptible to being toasted everywhere. And we saw that with Albert Wilson the first game. So, yeah, I think the Jets, the defense is, this is still a defense first team. And they've been better than expected this season. In some ways, they've been a borderline top 10 kind of defense. But they've been inconsistent and they come in injured as well. So, it's going to be interesting to watch. Michael Nania of Gang Green Nation, a very thorough, a very detailed breakdown of what to expect this coming Sunday when the Dolphins take on the Jets. If you don't know everything about this game by now, well, there's nothing we can do to help you. Michael, thank you for joining <laughs> us here on Finsider Radio. No problem. Thanks for having me on. In our view. Sunday, Sutton, Hard Rock Stadium, Dolphins versus Jets. What can you expect from the Miami Dolphins? How do you see them turning this thing around? It's hard to tell. Last week I mentioned kind of a, an identity crisis of sorts, whether it's the injuries, the, the changing game plans, the inefficiencies of some of the players playing at their particular spots and just not having enough players clicking all at the same time, so we don't really know what to hang our hat on. What I noticed in the Jets game versus the Bears, you know, the Jets' offense is lackluster, and he was kind of – he had some kind of wishful thinking and some of what he was saying on the offense, thinking that they were going to do a lot. Now, obviously, our defense has not been playing well. But I think the Jets' defense – and that game against Chicago really tried to overcompensate for what they knew was going to be a poor Jets offensive performance. So you really saw the Jets being aggressive, and it did work for them for some time. I mean, this was a close game, low-scoring game. The Jets' defense kept them in it. I would not be surprised if they came with a similar approach against Miami where they have people, uh, two linebackers flashing at the A-gaps and really testing the interior of our offensive line and being aggressive defensively again. I do expect them to blitz. I expect them to show Brock Eisweiler uh, quite a few different looks, and it's going to be a game of cat and mouse in terms of calling out the protections, getting the hot route set, and getting your offense in a position to make a play when you notice something at the line of scrimmage. So, if Brock is able to diagnose those type of plays and playing at home, I think it's going to help because he's going to have the volume uh, 
at his uh, in his benefits, hopefully. Um, but he he should be able to get to the line and make the the calls that he needs to make. So then it's a matter of taking care of the football and having enough people healthy to make a couple plays for us. But uh, this is definitely a winnable game. We saw the last time the Dolphins played the Jets this season up in at MetLife Stadium. The Dolphins jumped out to a very big lead before halftime 21-0 before the Jets came tumbling back. Miami was able to hold on for the win. I think, like you said, Sutton, the Dolphins are playing at home. I think the Dolphins are going to come out on top in this game. We've mentioned the past few games we weren't very confident in the Dolphins. We weren't confident against the Lions. We weren't confident against the Texans. We weren't confident in other games this season, and we've all told you this. But we are confident in this coming Sunday versus the Jets. As you heard Mike say, the Jets are depleted in all phases of the game. And for them to come to Hard Rock Stadium, yes, it's a divisional game, but I just don't see them pulling off the win. I think the defense is going to be ready to go, having very terrible games. I think they're queued up. I think they're focused. I think we're going to see some lineup changes. I think we're going to see more of Mika Fitzpatrick, possibly seeing him on the boundary with McCain moving back to the slot. I don't know full-time, but I think we will see flashes of it during the game. We're going to see Mika take some snaps away from TJ McDonald as well. I think the defensive line is going to be a bit improved. As Matt Burke said in his press conference on Thursday, the defensive players have been coming in focused, and they did not hold anything back in their meetings. I think Brock is going to rebound nicely. I think he's going to have a nice game with Kenyon Drake and Frank Gore. I think we're going to see more of Devontae Parker flashing. Word is out on Kenny Still still. We are not sure if he's going to be playing, but we will be keeping an eye on that as we head into Sunday's game. If not, it's going to be just like the Texans game, Parker, Amendola, Grant and others who need to step up in the tight end game in terms of Gazicki, AJ Derby on track to play, and even uh, Nick O'Leary as well. So we'll see what the Dolphins can pull off this coming Sunday at Hard Rock Stadium. Can they go to 5-4 and four before heading for a showdown with the Green Bay Packers at Lambeau Field and then their bye week? Or will they fall to 4-5 and five and more questions continue to swirl around this team? For Aaron Sutton, I am Matt Kanata. Thank you for listening to Finsider Radio. We will talk to you next time. That was Finsider Radio, part of the Finsider.com and the SB Nation Network. Miami has the Dolphins, the greatest football team. We take the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. We're in the air, we're on the ground, we're always in control. And when you say Miami, you're talking Super Bowl because we're the Miami Dolphins. Cause we're the Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins number one. Yes, we're the Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins number one. Everybody, Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins number one. Yes, 
Hey, I'm Anil Dash, and I'm the host of a new show called Function from the Vox Media Podcast Network and Glitch. This season, we're talking with experts about why our voting machines are so bad and how that might hurt our elections. We'll also talk with an animator to find out how popular dances from the real world end up in video games. And we're going to tackle the biggest question in tech. Why do so many celebrities use screenshots from that Apple Notes app to make their public apologies when they screw up? You can find new episodes of Function every Monday on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And thanks to Microsoft Azure for sponsoring Function.